you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You hear Kevin in the background. There's a little bit of crunching going on. He changed delivery devices. So i got to be up front with you guys. We're just human, trying to figure out the best way to have noise reduction and things like that. But it's hard on the road. And uh, my dear brother's been very busy. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, brother. Yeah. So as we move along, we, we, we know we've been looking at these different Bible questions and Kevin's been nailing them pretty well. And, uh, so who was the first, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going different one. I already asked that one after Jesus was arrested, which apostle disowned him three times? Peter. And there we go, folks. And uh, so, so Kevin is uh, two for three right now. So when I was a kid, you needed a sixty to have a D in school, and he's at a sixty-six. So, so he's passing. I mean, by tomorrow, uh, I mean he's going to be cranking along. He's going to be well in the B range, I think, or at least high C. Uh, we find ourselves uh, talking about uh, just being sober-minded. Um, you know, it's that the idea of being clear. We talked about being clear last week, and 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 as we talked about that, we've actually played that particular broadcast already. And uh, I actually heard from somebody who listened to it called me up and said, "That's good. Can we talk more about that? What does what does God say about the clearness of, of a Christian?" And and what came to my mind was this idea of being sober, and and and, and that word sober brings a lot to the table. Uh, the word sober, and you know, some of you may think, well, sober talks about not drinking or uh, not being on drugs or different things like that. Well, sober also talks about having your head in the game, uh, paying attention. Over in First Peter 5, 8, that great verse, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, never forget who the enemy is here. The enemy is the devil. Now, you can put names on some people in your life that are being used by the devil, but never forget forget that our main adversary is the devil. And so it says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Back during World War II, when they were having the uh, attacks on on London, uh, they had the London Zoo. Debbie and I just toured it with the kids uh, a year ago last month, and uh, we were there. And they have a huge lion den there. And and uh, but they say during World War II, miles away, you know, there's different discussions. Some say four miles away, people heard them. I read in a book that they were screaming so loud because there was no noise. They shut off all the lights, all the fans everything in the London Zoo at night so, you know, the enemy couldn't zero in on well-lighted areas. And you could hear these lions screaming, and you say, well, Brother Doug, what does that have to do with anything? Well, remember the verse, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, because the devil, he's like a roaring lion. He's walking about seeking whom he may devour. And, folks, I'm telling you, there's times when he's not quiet about it. 
He's just out there coming after us. And we need to have our head in the game so we see the devil come. And he comes in the forms of narcissists, as Kevin was talking about a little while ago. He comes in the form of, uh, uh, you know, an angel of light at times. But he's, he's loud. He's overt. He wants us. Make no mistake about it. The devil wants your testimony. If he can't have your soul, he wants to ruin your testimony, your families, your marriages, your friendships, your name it. He's after it. Kevin, I mean, this this old devil, he's not shy about it. No, no, sir. That's exactly right. That's why we have to be sober-minded. You, you had mentioned that, you know, we think of sobriety as being a, an alcohol-type thing, not being inebriated, not being DWI, whatever, DUI. Um, but, you know, the, the Bible uses a term in this verse here, thinking soberly. This is... Romans 12, 3, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And it's interesting that in this scripture, which I love this scripture, by the way, the preceding two verses, Romans 12, 1 and 2 are my life verses, but verse 3 here launches into a discussion of spiritual gifts. And, and the apostle Paul is saying, hey, you need to get just just reel it in here a little bit dial it back on on this being inebriated with pride you know think soberly here you don't have you, you know you're not god's soul gift to the world you are gifted but you, you don't have all the gifts jesus has all the gifts we don't have all the gifts and and so accordingly our thinking should not be drunken with with like oh man everything's wonderful i'm wonderful yeah you're wonderful because i'm wonderful as long as i think i'm wonderful i think you're wonderful and you know the whole the whole idea is don't be that way let's get you know let's dial it back and start think you know what the reality is I have limits. The reality is, as a sober-minded Christian, that I have strong points and I have weak points, and the devil will use my weak points, and and he'll speak lies. John chapter eight. He's a lying, a lying being, and everything he says is a lie. So if he talks about your weaknesses, he's going to over enhance your weaknesses and rob you of hope. If he speaks of your strengths, he's going to overplay your strengths and say you're wonderful cast yourself down eventually you know say he'll lift you up he'll set you on a pedestal make you he'll make you think so highly yourself that you finally just think you're above falling and then he'll say hey go ahead and cast yourself down you've earned it and uh, god will take care of it you know through fall into sin throw yourself throw, throw it all away just you know go go have a fling and in doing so, you've fallen for a lie of the devil and you weren't sober-minded. So soberly is very, very important. And when it comes to trauma, that's when the devil lies to us most in the darkness of trauma. When we're not hearing the voice of God. So let's make sure we, we dial it back and tune into the voice of God. And, and say, great, you know, shepherd, I'm, uh, I'm listening to your voice. I, I'm, I, I haven't heard it for a while. Speak to me lest I be lifted up with pride or lest I be beating myself because of my mistakes and my failures. Yeah, that's so good. And you know that verse, wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, literally secure. 
So when the Bible's reminding us to secure our minds, like Kevin's saying, you know, lest you be messed up, I mean, you know, there's a reason, you know, I don't put alcohol in myself. I believe the Bible is against drinking alcohol. And, and, uh, and I'll tell you, if you put that stuff in you, there's godliness that comes out of you. I promise you that. And we, we've got to gird up our minds. We, we've got to fill our minds with the good stuff. And that's why we get away from some of the TV, some of the movies we watch. Uh, we want our minds filled with things that bring honor and glory to God. What a good example, Kevin. And uh, we find ourselves today as we continue on with the life of Christ. We're in John chapter 10, and uh, we're looking at verses 11 through 15. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And uh, folks, there's a lot of good shepherds out there. I believe to this day you can see shepherds working their flocks in Australia. They were complete fields uh, filled with sheep and shepherds on 24 hours a day. They they don't look exactly like some of the paintings you've seen from biblical times. Uh, they're on mini bikes, <laughs> you know, they're on four wheelers <laughs> and golf carts and they have dogs out there helping them with them. But I, I never heard of a shepherd that would give his life for his sheep. That differentiates everything, mm. folks. That changes the rules. Look at verse number 12. But he that is in hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not. Seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is in hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep." unequivocally, unequivocally, friends, Christ is saying, I'm the good shepherd, and this is what makes me the good shepherd. I'll, I'll give my life for my sheep. I'll do it. I, I will, and he does. He gives his life. He gave his life for me. Friends, he gave his life for you. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and, and, and he has been my propitiation, my substitution, my uh, everything I need. I no longer need a blood sacrifice. I have that in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. my Lord and Savior. But, but, you know, and then we come along and we see that verse 12. In verse 12, I mean, it just shakes me to the core because I've known pastors like this. I've seen people like this. and But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and they bail. And I know I just made that the Doug International version, which is no good. But what God's <laughs> saying is, listen, uh, he's saying, you know, these hirelings, they see the sheep coming and they see the wolf coming to get the sheep and they run and hide. And folks, I don't know about you, but I don't want to run and hide, and I don't want to under-shepherd that runs and hides. Hey, let's let the radio stations do what they have to do. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. 
it's about self-preservation with these cats out there, folks. And, uh, you know, and, and so I, I hate to look back at these narcissistic pastors and, and things like that, but I, I want to serve a guy that's, that's standing toe-to-toe with me against the devil and leading me through a scriptural uh, impasse that brings me to a place of standing next to my Lord and Savior. And I want that in my life. And uh, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known by them. And so, again, Jesus is reiterating over and over again, he did yesterday, he is today, that the identity of a good shepherd is always known by their sheep. And we as sheep need to go out of our way to know our shepherd. We as sheep need to know our Lord and Savior. We, we need to be able to recognize Christ and Uh, as our shepherd and things we do. As the Father knoweth me, even so I the Father, and I lay down the life for my sheep. So again, Jesus compares his knowledge of his Father to the knowledge that we should have emphasizing, you know, I'm real close with my father and, and, and friends, I I don't want to beat this dog up till it can't walk anymore. But I want to say, if we get any lesson out of this at all today, we started about with the idea of being sober minded and having our head screwed on right. And part of our head screwed on right is knowing who our shepherd is and following the right shepherd, brother Kevin. Yeah. You know, there's so much in here. What you said is so good, brother. Um, every verse is just packed. Uh, verse uh, verse number 12, he that is in hireling. You know, hireling is someone that does what he does purely for remuneration, for earthly remuneration. It's It's not like he is taking ownership of the thing as if these are mine, like David did, where he put his life on the line when he had a, when he had the physical sheep. He instead, um, you know, went and faced the lion, faced the bear, faced, you know, whatever. And that's, that's the difference between a hireling. A hireling is someone who says, wait a minute, this is above my pay grade. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, in, in the military ministry, <clears throat> You know, you got your mercenaries, uh, you know, I'm just talking about the doctrine of military, right? You've got the volunteer soldiers, you've got draftees, you know, and, and both ideally have been trained well to, uh, to just say, you know what, I do or die, I'm in this thing. It's just, I, I'm going to pay any price up to it, including my life. But then there's the mercenaries. The mercenaries, uh, you know, they, whether or not they're brought in as, as, you know, hired in on contract basis from another country or whatever, whether it's American, just down through the ages, a mercenary is a hireling. And, you know, we have a Savior who's not that way, and we shouldn't be that way. Our, our Lord and Savior Jesus has this mindset that, you know what, I am going to pay up to and including my life. In fact, I know everything, and so I'm going into this knowing it's going to cost me my life. And, you know, how much better we would be, Doug, if we would approach any task saying, you know what, I'm just going to assume that I'm going to, I'm going to have to pay the supreme price. I'm going to have to die. I may... I may come to the point where someone's going to hold a gun to my head and say, you either, you know, deny Christ or die. You know, if you go into that, you can't stop the man who's willing to die for what he believes. You can't stop the person who takes such ownership of his flock that he will die before he lets one of them die. 
Mm. Now, if I was in that flock, I would say, what a wonderful flock. I am in this group of people that the shepherd will die before he lets me die. And the shepherd's a lot stronger than I am. And so I feel you know, pretty secure, even though I'm this kind of helpless sheep. So, you know, we're talking about the difference between the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, Jesus, and the hireling. But, uh, you know, let's talk about ministry a little bit. So as we serve the Lord, you know, the, the shoe leather of the whole thing is the Bible does say that we should plow. He that plowed, God has established remuneration. It's all through the scriptures in the New Testament, Old Testament. In the New Testament, it says that um, if we labor in spiritual things, the church, of course, will want to, is encouraged to give and commanded. The church is. We can't, uh, as a minister, I can't make them do it, but the church is commanded by God to minister uh, to sow their carnal things. In other words, food and goods and so forth. And that's just God's way of doing things. And, you know, the Lord has wisely said that. That he that plows should plow in hope. The labor is worthy of his reward. And um, don't muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. Let's go ahead, you know, count them that labor in the word and doctrine uh, worthy of double honor. So, you know, the idea is from the from downline from some a church member i want to give to my pastor you know we're we're sending my pastor away on an anniversary cruise and we're i'm just so glad to do that because he's he's worthy because of what he does the bible says for the work's sake we want people that serve god to have hope that God is using us to make it worth it to them. Now, on his end, though, it's the flip side. He's saying, you know what? I'm going to do this for Christ's sake as unto the Lord, and whether or not they give to me is not going to change my attitude. I'm not going to serve Christ better on their behalf. If they give more to me, I'm not that because I'm not a hireling. I'm going to do it like Jesus did it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good, brother. And, and that speaks so much is, is the differences between a hireling and an under shepherd. It's just astounding. And it's so clear to us. But sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the pomp. It's easy to get caught up in the hieroglyphics. It's easy to get caught up in the smoke shows, so to speak. It's easy to get caught up in the catchphrases and all that. But like Kevin said, with a shoe leather hits the road or rubber in my case, praise God, uh, the softer the shoe, the better as you get older. But I'm here to tell you where it hits the road, it's that man who's going to stand next to you. Shoulder to shoulder, mm. linked together serving God, pointing you in the right direction, making a difference. And, you know, again, you know, an under shepherd, we got this great example of a good shepherd, someone who cares, loves us, cares for us. And we should be looking for that. You know, there's such a big contrast there. And, and Kevin was just talking as a cautionary tale for all of us. Uh, push, Push, and we're going to hear a few little noises from Kevin. That Bluetooth thing uh, oh. went crazy a little bit. That, I want you to know that was that noise wasn't nefarious. It was just the movement of a chair there. <laughs> and uh, But anyway, uh, I mean, there's a major contrast. So a personal relationship with, with Christ, a personal relationship with 
anybody is characterized in my mind. This is what I think about by this mutual knowledge and recognition. You know, when we go out with our wives, when we go out with our husbands, when we go out with people, we go out of our way, especially immediately to know everything about it. You know, one of the scary things is we want to know their parents, but we don't because we, you know, once you make that step, that's big, but we want to, we want to know everything about them. We want to uh, make sure everything fits, everything works. And in some cases, folks are in marriages and they give up learning about them what fit what works people mm. change can i tell you over 40 years of marriages there's some things that change and uh, we got to keep on working at it well with a relationship with god i mean if there's anybody we need to get to know that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the more we get to know him, the more we can separate the hirelings, the knuckleheads, from the real deal under shepherds. And man, it's with this relationship. It's a personal relationship with God. It's, uh, it's recognition, support, loving him. And boy, everything else just falls together. Hey, listen, folks, we sure are honored. We, we started out today, we said, be sober-minded. And when you're sober-minded, you pick up on all that stuff. You pick up on the hirelings. You pick up on the weirdos. Mm -hmm. You pick up on the narcissists. You pick up on the freaks. But when you got a shepherd, they see the wolf coming, and they're willing to lay down their life for you. That's the under-shepherd you need in your life. We sure do love you, folks. We hope you have a great day. Pray for us as you're listening to this today. We're actually involved with our PTSD camp out there at Camp Joy, Wisconsin. Hey, wear that smile today that only God can give you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, Recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.